I'm Scotty Supple. I'm with Tiboa Games, and we made Fishing Vacation, which you can play on PC and Switch. So give me the sales pitch of Fishing Vacation as a game to a, to a gamer who hasn't played it or even heard, or even heard of it. Fishing Vacation is a uh, love letter to Game Boy games of old. And, you know, there's not a lot of horror games on the Game Boy. Uh, and that's something I always wanted growing up. So I feel like my love for Game Boy and horror uh, is just uh, something that is made apparent uh, when, with this game. And inspirations. <laughs> inspirations for Fishing Vacation would be? Inspirations for Fishing Vacation would probably have to be short, scary stories that you would like find on the internet. A lot of Inuit mythos that actually came up during development and i looked more into that and there's a lot uh, of really cool stuff in there that and just like growing up fishing with uh, my grandpa and uh, just thinking about all the spooky stuff while fishing because fishing's boring and it's like you got to fill the time with something <laughs> it's kind of funny that i made a fishing game because i don't really like fishing that much but that was the theme of the horror jam that we made it in and yeah uh, hopefully i made fishing fun for people so this horror jam, what was that experience like? Oh, okay. So it was like uh, the the horror jam that Fishing Vacation was made out of uh, was the I think it was called Fishing Horror Jam 2020. Yeah, 2020. It was they give you a month, make a game that involves fishing and horror, and game jams are a really good way to like having a mental block with something, or if like working on a game is kind of stagnated, it's a way to like get some fresh blood into your creative stream. And uh, just come up with something that uh, just like kind of pushes you. And uh, with the quick turnaround, like it was only a month long, uh, it really gets you moving. And like trying to make a finished product in that span of time is really tough. But once it's done and everything works, it feels so good, especially if people enjoy it as well. So in that kind of conceptualization stage, what, what do you think? Like, the, what was the first thing that clicked where you were like, this is like maybe the first idea that sprouted for a fishing game. Like what, what was the first thing that you're like, oh, this is like, I, I'm a nugget here that I'm going to grow on. Like, was there anything like that? Was there any like, oh, aha moment. I fishing vacation is going to definitely have this aspect in it. The first thing I conceptualized when trying to think of something for a fishing horror jam, probably this scenario where you're night fishing and as you're fishing, your eyes kind of scan the, the surface of the water and you see something bobbing up from the water. And so the, the curiosity of that, like, what is that? Just having that move closer to you as you're fishing. I, I wanted to have that kind of sense of dread to be found throughout the whole game. So that kind of blossomed from there. And you'll find that part in the second night of fishing. So it really started from there and then branched out. And I think the second thing I thought of was like digging for worms and finding a a body in the dirt, just creepy stuff like that. And I think a lot of it was um, starting off with creepy parts that I liked that I think would be good and then building around that, at least um, conceptual-wise. For actually developing the game, there was a whole other process of like, okay, what mechanics do I need in the game? Doesn't have to be clean, just make it nice and dirty and build around that as well. So it was a bit of mix and match of like, okay, I want to have this scary part, but I got to get this mechanic. Certain certain mechanics would bring out spooky parts as well. Like um, there's one part where I've got the, uh, I guess the HUD or the UI where you're fishing and it shows you like a sequence of actions without actually having to animate too much of like a fishing line going out. Because of that mechanic, I was like, ooh, it'd be cool if I had a little spooky part here. And I think that's uh, that's a really good spooky part for a lot of people. And it was just cool to see like a mechanic bring about a spooky thing as opposed to, you know, just the, 
some like emergence emergent yeah like not emerging gameplay but like emergent development i guess i guess the word i'm looking for is but something along the lines of that it's just really cool to see that in a game jam when you only have so much time you're like okay what do i gotta what do I put in here and it's like you're kind of you know, like I got so much time, so you're thinking about what all you can put in there, and uh, there's just certain things where you're like, okay, I gotta get in this and get this in here, and while you're making it, you're like, oh, oh, but this part would be really cool right here, and it's like, oh, do I have time for that? And uh, the game jam is like, it, it's I I recommend like all game devs out there, like people who are looking into doing video games to like try game jams, uh, just to get their their feet wet in the in the game development sphere uh because it's it's really nerve-wracking and fun and uh, coming out with a finished product feels really good something that you can show people and it's a really easy way to build up portfolio i think a lot of game developers look for finished games so honestly it's like the easiest way to get yourself into a real game dev job is just make your own games having that factor of like certain time to be met like a deadline I think that really helps push the whole process and like really brings about some uh, really cool stuff. There's a lot of game jam games out there that have some really cool stuff within them. And I don't think you would see that in AAA games. So it's a really cool thing that I think more people should experiment with. Was there any kind of influence from like uh, your favorite horror movies or outside video game horror tropes that uh, found their way into the process of making Fishing Vacation? Hmm. Was there any, any kind of, like, horror things you were taking in while you were making it? Mm. Books or soundtracks or anything no, like that? No, no, not really, honestly. Where nah. do you think you were pulling from, then? Oh, just the ether, man. Just, <laughs> no. just spooky vibes. <laughs> <laughs> you said, like, you fished a lot with your grandpa. Was there anything you pulled from those experiences? Ah, oh, damn. No, not really. Maybe just, like, the, the fact that I got the worms and I threw them out there. That's, like, really the only thing I pulled. I, I, I can't explain the process of it. So, like, in the in the month that was the creation of Fishing Vacation, did you find yourself kind of, like... Because I've heard that game development has two stages, and the line is really blurred on when those stages transition from one to the next, and one's, like, the conceptualization stage, and the other one's the production stage. And do you, do you find a lot of overlap? Because I, I imagine if mm. you only have a month to work on a game, you might be finalizing narrative details or, like, maybe even changing how you want the game to end or start or whatever, oh, even right. late in the process, especially if it's just a 30-day period. So I was just curious, like, did you find yourself, you know, doing that? Was there any late, late, <laughs> last week big changes to the overarching story? So in, in terms of creating the, uh, the game for the game jam, there was a lot of uh, things that were emergent from the design and uh, certain things that came from the spooky points. Um, but when you only have a month, there's only so much that can be put in there at a time. Uh, so there's like end game stuff. I, I, I think there's a lot of end game stuff that got cut ultimately. Just like certain areas that I wanted to have like more story parts, which I think in the end kind of benefited that they got cut. Cause I always find that horror is best, uh, best digested when you uh, have more questions than answers. So uh, the fact that, I had to cut some of those answers probably ended up better because seeing people have fan theories about what happened and like, Ooh, this part, oh, did they actually do this? And it's like to see that and I didn't plan on that and being like, Ooh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I did plan that. Uh, but it, I would never try to like confirm it when I can. Cause it's always nice to like have that be a mystery. But for the most part, like people have like understood what I was going for even though like I didn't really say that much and it was cool to see people like use their imagination and fill it in their own way and I feel like ultimately that's a bit better because 
just having people come out with multiple interpretations really creates dialogue and you know discussions and uh it ultimately ultimately paints a different picture for everyone i think that i guess that's what good art is is uh, different for everybody and can be enjoyed however way however way it's meant to be so when you think back to making the game is there like a certain like sex segment of the game or like a room or like a certain turn of events or a series of events or anything that you were like exceptionally proud of like you were like i'm really happy and i can't wait for people to get to this part of the game or see this part of the game like Mm. is there any standout moments like that for you uh yeah there was um in terms of throughout development there was a couple of moments in fishing vacation that really stood out to me probably the night fishing part uh where you meet the ghost but there's one part i like where you're uh well you woke up and you go to the window and you see your friend staring out you uh, approach him and he's like oh you surprised me he wants to tell you about this dream that he had and it's completely optional like you can play the game and miss it but if you do you get treated to like a little spooky story and it's it's kind of the first glimpse of the spooky to happen and i i really like that part because i feel like that's the breaking point for what like because i i try to make the game unassuming at first you know even there's a little bit of spooky stuff with the intro but uh it, the, hopefully the expectations have subverted right after that with a goofy title sequence and funny dialogue or what i think is funny and i think that at that point you're like wait what i don't uh, is this is this supposed to be a lighthearted game and hopefully people uh go in blind with the game and that is what they experience with that part uh so that's probably my favorite part at least it's just kind of like the breaking down of the, the happy tone to the, like the the horror. Exactly, yeah, yeah the, the downward descent. I, I feel like not a lot of games do that. Well, a lot of AAA games can't do that because you can't subvert an entire audience into thinking they bought a child game and then, oh God, there's dead bodies and ghouls and mermaid fish people. Like, uh, that's not allowed. But with a game jam, that's perfectly fine because, you know, it's a short game. The game is only like 45 minutes long. But was there any point where you kind of found like a bit of a writer's block or anything for either mechanics or story? And if there was, uh, like what helped you get through it? Mm. Yeah, working on Fishing Vacation provided a couple of writing blocks because you, you only have so much limited time and you've got these spooky scenarios and you're like, okay, how am I going to make these fit? Like what? It can't just be like, oh, and it was a spooky person in the lake, you know, <laughs> like there, there's got to be some substance to that because like, people can see right through that shit. So I, I think coming up with a story surrounding those spooky parts um, was a bit of a challenge. That was reading up um, kind of like water goddesses and I came across the Inuit mythos of uh, Sedna her backstory was really tragic and i thought it was really cool i was like okay i think we got something there so you were reading some things and taking in other pieces of like not necessarily horror things but like mythos was a big influence on the work then no yeah for sure actually learning about that uh sedna and her backstory which i won't go into detail you can read up on it. it's a great story but it's about how uh this sea goddess created all the water life I thought that was really cool. So I I implemented that into the story. Turns out, like, spoiler alert, the uncle is obsessed with this goddess Sedna. So he kind of goes off the deep end and uh, his wife and child suffer because of it. T-Bullet Games is just you, right? Julian and I. So explain, like, who made each part of Fishing Vacation. As well as, like, how do you go about divvying that up typically in a dev environment? Mm. So I made Fishing Vacation primarily as the developer 
the artist and programmer. Yeah, that was all me. And then uh, Julian, our composer and sound effects guy, he's pretty much 50% of T-Boa. He actually came in the last day of the jam. Uh, we had been talking about it before. He was going through packs because he was shopping some of his game that he uh, was a part of. So he had his own business to attend to during the game jam. But I was keeping him updated like, oh, I got this and this. I, I believe he actually gave me a song midway through. Yeah, it's like the tune you hear throughout the cabin. He gave that to me halfway through. And I kept telling him, I was like, if you want me to do the sounds, like I can do it. I know you're busy. But that man plowed through him last day. He was at PAX, and he's like, I got him for a year. And plugged him in. Good stuff is always from Julian. He always creates the great stuff. And I think that's the Game Jam way. It's like, you know, last-minute calls. You know, with a Game Jam, you're not always going to be available the entire time. There's some that are only three days long. I'm sure there's some that are, like, hour long. But I think that adds to the excitement of it. Just having that do or die. Like, are we going to have this? Are we going to ship it without any music or sound? Are we going to put that ending in there? Is this your first game made? Like, released? No, we released a couple of... uh, So, Fishing Vacation is our third or fourth game, I think, published. You and and Julian? Yeah. Now, we did this game for iPhone and Android called Catapult, which, like, our friends and family downloaded, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, our next game, Dog Always Wins, was also... a android and iphone game which our friends and family download and that's about it ever since then i've been working on the third shift which has been taking a few years and it wasn't until 2020 so i started third shift in 2017 and then just been working on that three years go by and then fishing vacation or that fishing horror jam comes out i'm like okay you know what let me do a jam and honestly like doing that jam made me realize okay i don't need to take six months on some of these games like, if I can just crank something out in one month, have my own deadlines and whatnot, this could be streamlined. And further down the road, having, like, a similar style that will maybe be potentially worthwhile to live off of. So I think the fishing vacation, in terms of our development career, was a real eye-opener for how games can be done. How something simple and made in one month can actually be a driving force for even more games. So that was a nice surprise and a big turning point for our studio and how we make games. So ever since then, we've done, or at least I've done, one main game and throughout the years, like try and do at least two or three game jam-like games just to get more stuff on the board. It's been pretty beneficial. Um, When you were in the middle of the thick of it for the game jam, what was your kind of schedule like when when you're trying to budget for uh, releasing a game by the end of a month? Mm. Like, what was what was that kind of... How many hours a day were you putting into, like, just developing a game? Scheduling for Fishing Vacation was kind of all over the place. I was working full-time, around 30 or so hours of my main job. So, basically, whenever I could, I would try and work on Fishing Vacation when I wasn't tired from the work. So it really came down to like just whenever I had free time to make it. But there were times where it's like, okay, I need to get this mechanic done by this day. Otherwise, I'm going to be so far behind. So there'd be some nights where I'd be up late really getting it done. Towards the end, when you're like fine tuning everything and bug fixing and making sure the art's crisp, adding all the stuff that you might not have time for. It gets really hectic to the point where you're like working late nights, early mornings. And like, I think we finished maybe like three hours before deadline. So it was kind of a sprint to the end. Yeah. And uh, we still had bugs by the end of it too. Uh, with, it, it, with the game jam, it's really hard to do testing. 
unless you have like a network of people just willing to play your games. But yeah, then uh, the scheduling is kind of all over the place. And I know there's people that'll just like take off from work and just straight all day, every day for the jam, just constantly be at it. If there's one thing that you want people who played Fishing Vacation to take away from your game, what would that be? Uh, one thing I would like people to take away from Fishing Vacation is that even though fishing is boring, it can still be a little fun and a little spooky. And then I got to ask, what are your thoughts on uh, a sequel? Hmm. A sequel for Fishing Vacation is a possibility. There are some directions that I'd like to go with it, with certain characters from the first one. And I, I do have certain ideas that I would like to expand upon. I mean, it could be flavored up a little bit better. Fishing could be refined. And that thought had crossed my mind when making a sequel, if people want a sequel. Because I'm always down for it. If, pe- if the people want a sequel, like, if they want more Fishing Vacation, I'll take them to the lake. Nice. Thanks for giving us the time, man. Thanks for having me. And and you're here with Press Y. (laughs) You're listening to... Is it a fucking Disney channel? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting the hard-hitting facts with Press Y. Damn straight. Yeah. You're listening to the gaming outlet (laughs) (laughs) at the center. center. (laughs) Eat your heart out, IGN. We got Scotty Supple on our side. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for joining us, Scotty. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys.